Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast, your one-stop shop to finding your passion and living it out right now. I'm your host, Sammy Beatrice, a college student and passion coach committed to helping you, whether you're in school or working a nine-to-five, find your passion that you can do every single day and help you love your life a little bit more because of it. On this podcast, you will hear from successful guests as well as solo episodes from your host, all about tips on how to find your passion and how to implement it into your life, even when you feel like you don't have enough time to. Let's get to it. As many of you know, this podcast was just a 4 a.m. idea in preparation for a school project. Now it is a way that I get to spread my voice and help other teens create the best habits for their life. I want to hear your voice too. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's all the tools you need in the app or on their website. And my favorite part is that Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too. It's everything you need, and all you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuning in to episode 70 of the Fashion Your Passion podcast. Thank you guys so much for all your support thus far. I'm super excited to continue this for as long as possible. So we are not going anywhere anytime soon. Just a quick reminder, remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy this episode. And today I have Desiree, who is just a badass all around. And today we're going to be diving into talking about not being enough and sort of how you can have blocks in your life that really limit you from reaching your full potential. So Desiree, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is such a hot topic for me. Oh, for sure. And I've definitely touched on it on the podcast, but we've never went into it like in depth. So I'm super excited about this episode. So can you give my listeners a little bit more about who you are as a person, what you do, and sort of your journey to get to this point where you are today? You know, I am a self-proclaimed personal development junkie. I'm not a life coach. I like to make sure that I tell everybody that. I just like to give advice whether people ask for it or not. I'm also a recovering corporate workaholic. And that was a big journey for me. But I always struggled with fitting in in the corporate side of things. So building my own brand and kind of building my own business seems like it's the best path for me. So I'm excited to be able to share the wisdom and the experiences that I've had with audiences like yours, as well as the audience that I'm building, just as this journey of self-development and really growing into who I am as a human, and especially as a woman who's constantly balancing all these balls that are hiding up in the air. So it's just something that is really important to me to be able to share our stories and our experiences so we can kind of feel like we're not alone out there. A hundred percent. I feel the same way when I first got into personal development about, I would say almost three years now, I was like, this is something that everyone needs to hear about. I was like, I don't know why the whole world isn't on it. How did you get into personal development? How did you find out about it? And how did you say, this is what I want to learn about? And then how did you get to the point where it's like, I need to teach about it too? That's a great question because I used to look at personal development as like, oh, you got to walk on coals and you got to eat the fire. And I used to look at it as like, only people who were failing at life needed personal development. 
And it was actually a corporate position that I had in the direct sales and network marketing industry, which Mm -hmm. is very heavy in personal development that I was introduced. I was an event planner on the corporate side of things. And of course, they have all these speakers and experts and personal development gurus and all these things. And I actually started listening to some of the things that they were saying. And I was like, they might be on to something here. I think I'm pretty awesome. But there's certain things that I know are having an effect on me personally, as well as success in my career. So that's when I kind of started to dive down into it. And really being a part of that industry, even as taboo and all the negative crap that's out there about the industry, it really is great for learning how to navigate the world of personal development. So when I left that corporate position, it just kind of felt like it was a natural transition for me to take what I have learned in that role and just start helping others with it as well. And I had a great mentor that I was working with. And she was kind of like, you know, you've got some great stories and experiences. You should be on the stage. You should be telling your side of things and teaching others how to navigate these muddy waters of life. And I kind of went, yeah, you know what? I do have some things that I need to say. So it was kind of a light bulb moment that maybe people need a different perspective than what's wrapped up in a pretty bow of personal development. And so I'm here to kind of tell both sides of the story, the raw side that goes with growing as a person. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. I've been running this podcast for two years now. And I think that over these two years, I've definitely become more real about certain things. My main intention when I started the podcast was like, I'm going to give my advice the most realest way I could and sort of like, like you say, the most unfiltered way of sorts. But I think over the years, I've been doing more of that and it's actually been working in my favor. And I feel like it's just so important to say it as it is. There's only so much fluff you can add to something until it's like that really just doesn't sound authentic or like fake. And so I think that that's an important thing when you go into something to like have that idea because it's sort of like that's how people are going to see you as, right? And so if you're like this like fakeish person, it's like people are going to see that and then they're going to be like, oh, okay, I don't really relate to her because she's just like on this pedestal of sorts and stuff like that. But if you go in really authentic and share, you know, the good and the bad of your life and just be a human being, like it's just so much more impactful. And I think that a lot of people, whether they're influencers or coaches or even just a typical human being, we all struggle with this. Did you ever have doubts of like, I don't want to show both sides of me? It's like, I just want to show my highlight reel. I'm like, I don't want people to see what is actually going on in my life. Like, was there any sort of like doubts? I know it doesn't really make sense, but like, was there any sort of like doubts in terms of being uncomfortable with being vulnerable? I think there's a huge vulnerability in that, definitely. And where it came from me is having a significant other who's actually, he's a fairly private person. I've always been kind of a here I am all out there. So it was a little bit eye-opening for me when I first started navigating the online world. I would do behind-the-scenes pictures and I would share stuff and I could tell that he was uncomfortable sometimes with some of the stuff that I was sharing. So I really started to reel it back in and it took a lot of trial and error. And I actually went into hiding for a long time because I was actually afraid of oversharing. So I'm just not going to share anything at all is the path that I went down. It's really been this navigating of trying to find that fine line of how do I share where people can still see who I am, but still have the respect of the people in my life who don't want to be shared or don't necessarily want the world to know the number one secret of his girlfriend, you know, that kind of thing. So it's been a little rough 
And I've kind of gone from one extreme to the next, but I think I'm getting there. I think I'm getting to that special sweet spot of I can still let people in, but they don't need to see behind the entire black curtain. Yeah. I think that that really pertains to whether it's social media or not, because I feel like even in like a normal conversation, it's like sometimes people will feel like with their friends or their acquaintances are like, I don't want to overshare about my life. So I'm just not going to overshare. I'm not going to share about anything. And then they'll Mm -hmm. keep their feelings and their thoughts like bottled up inside and then they'll turn to just struggling. They'll wonder why they're struggling, but they haven't reached out to anyone. And so I think it pertains to many different aspects of one's life. And I think that it's just so important to know the balance between the two. Obviously, if you share an issue you have, you're not oversharing. But if you share an issue you have every single day of your life, that may be too much for your friends to handle. And so it's like, how can you balance that? And that's something that I've learned throughout my life. And I know a bunch of people also have learned because it just it's a thing that isn't really talked about in society. And I think to sort of move on, society also sets it up where like you have to hit a certain standard. And if you don't hit that standard, then like there's no other place for you to go. And I think that a big piece of that that I've seen in my own life, not for me personally, I mean, for me personally, yes, but more for like my friends is like, they get to this point where they work really, really hard and then they don't score well on an exam or they don't have the conversation the right way. And then they're like, crap. They're like, it's my fault because I just am not capable enough. Mm -hmm. And this is what I really want to touch on because I think it's so important. There's imposter syndrome where it's like, there's people who are more capable than I am. And there's the aspect of like, you have to get a certain grade in order to feel successful and you have to succeed in some way in life to be viewed as a successful person. I think that that's not true because everyone has their own definition of success. So I want to know what your perspective is on that and sort of your best tips in order to help those who are really struggling with them. It's funny, years ago, I had somebody, when I first started my online journey, she was somebody here locally, actually, who found me online and, and we connected that way. And she was actually in the, in the direct sales industry. So she started following me for my training and I had shared that my coach was going to be in town and that I was going to be at her event in the audience. Mm-hmm. And I was super excited and it was so funny because she was there. So she you know, saw my post and she signed up and she registered for the class. And I had actually purchased this retreat that the coach was offering at the event. And this gal, she pulled me aside and she goes, I'm just curious, why does somebody who's so successful like you need a business retreat? It was really eye-opening to me because I felt I needed the business retreat because I wasn't good enough at what I was doing. It really put things into perspective for me and realized, re- made me realize that she thinks that I'm super successful because I have a thousand followers where I'm beating myself up thinking that I'm a failure because I only have a thousand followers. Success really is, it's an opinion. Like you're saying, there's no defined ladder of success. And I think for so long, so many people were chasing that, that golden dream of what success looks like. Is it the five cars in the driveway? Is it the big fancy house? Is it the making six or seven figures? And I think we have to really just decide for ourselves at what point am I successful enough for right now? And saying for right now was huge for me. Once I started to add that into 
what do I need right now? What is happening in my business right now? What is happening in my life right now? It really made me realize this is not forever. This is not something that's happening. I'm not stuck with where I'm at. I can change things. So I think just by changing the way that you talk to yourself is huge. And another one, and this one's going to sound so cliche, you wouldn't talk to a girlfriend the way that you talk to yourself. So why are you saying that? You wouldn't ever say to a friend, oh my God, you suck. You're going to fail. You're failing at life. You suck. You can't hold a relationship. You're going to go into debt. You wouldn't say that to a friend. You'd probably be like, you know what? This is really shitty. Tomorrow's a new day. Why aren't we saying that to ourselves? I really think it's all about just how you talk to yourself and really figuring out what does success look like for you? And what are you doing right now to help you get there? And just by you know adding small things like, where am I at right now is huge. That is huge. I think it brings you back to the present moment, right? And it's like, you're not thinking about the future so much and you're you're coming back to like where you are right now and like what's going to happen in the next four or five days and like just giving yourself a break from planning for five, 10 years in advance, which is great, but also sometimes it can get really overwhelming. And I know I always say to people, I'm like, your goal in life should be to become your own best friend. There's no best friend greater than yourself because of your point. It's like you talk to your friends so kindly, you know, so well. And then you talk to yourself and it's like, you just like demolish yourself and your mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's the difference? Like you're both human beings. So what's the difference? And I think it's so important that we recognize that. And a lot of people will just say like, oh, I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I can't do this over and over again. And they won't even realize it because Mm -hmm. it's just something they've been doing forever. And it's become sort of like a gag of sorts where just like, yeah, like, let me just, you know, whatever. It's just like a little phrase that I say all the time, but really it actually impacts you a lot. And I think start to believe it. I think when you say things out loud to people like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I think that's a defense mechanism. I think that's you trying to put up a wall because if I self-deprecate before I give you the chance, then I'm not going to feel as hurt. So I'm going to say it before you say it, even though the other person probably wasn't even thinking it. And then I think it just becomes a habit. Like we start doing it to try and protect ourselves. And then we say it so much, we actually start thinking it. And I think that's where the danger comes from. I have a friend who, when she first told me this story, my first thought was to judge. Like, oh my gosh, you egotistical, who do you think you are? And then I started doing it. So she told me, she goes, wonder how I feel so confident every day. She goes, even though I know I'm a hot mess and I go, please tell me your secret to life. She goes, Every day after I get dressed, I look in the mirror and I go, hot damn, you're a sexy bitch. And I was like, oh my God, you're such a dork. I was like, you need to get out of your own big ass head, right? So one day I was kind of beating myself up and I'm like, girl, you look like shit. This is not a good day for you. I put on a little bit of makeup. I looked in the mirror and I thought to myself, just pull a Molly, pull a Molly and stay. And I I look at me and I go, damn girl, you're aging pretty well. I'm telling you, the crazy thing is, is I felt better. Why do we talk to ourselves so negatively? When did that become the norm? You're so right. Cause I think that's why, like, I just, to be honest, like society, it really, it really boggles my mind because it's like, there's so many things that have been set up to this day where it's like, how did it even happen? Like, how did, like, who started it? You know? Yeah. And this is one of the things it's like, how did we get to the point where we're now talking down to ourselves? And we don't feel like we are capable of something that we wholeheartedly feel like we should be pursuing. It makes me like 
ballistics. I'm like, how do we reverse this? And then it's like, okay, like it's been going on for 50, 60 years. So it's probably going to take 50, 60 years to reverse, you know? And I'm like, damn, all right, cool. Like that's not, you know, (laughs) not the best thing in the world, but like, I guess that's how it works. It really boggles my mind. And like, oh, I just wish like every person in the world would just know like that they are enough in every sense, whether it's school, work, even personally, just like knowing that, especially in this time right now, like even if like you don't have your best friend near you or you don't have your family near you, like you are still loved no matter what, you know, like your family, your friends are still going to be there, even though they may not be right next door physically. It's just a big thing that it's really not talked about a lot because people want to sort of shy away from the fact that they actually may be weak. And like we mentioned before, like they don't want to be vulnerable enough. We just need to change the script on that. I agree. I think we need to, number one, we need to be more kind to ourselves right now. There's so much anger and hatred that is being thrown around in the world just as a whole. Life itself gives us enough of a battle. I think we just need to realize that we have to show up for ourselves, if Mm -hmm. anything. I was listening to somebody the other day and they were talking about, oh, I can't stand people who just do Instagram lives and they show me what they got in the mail. And I'm thinking to myself, those people are probably showing up more for themselves than they are for just the attention. And once I realized that, that actually made me more comfortable with doing the live, doing ridiculous things. We almost have a duty to show up for ourselves in front of other people because I think it gives them the encouragement so they can do it. And I think that's huge. I think we have to start setting a positive example (laughs) that it's okay to do things. I have a love hate with reality TV. I hate it because I think it's ridiculous mind numbing television. But on the flip side of it, I think it's sort of given a lot of us permission to show the messy side of what life looks like. And I think it's also showing us that being a celebrity or on TV isn't always rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and glitter type thing. And so it's giving us permission to be more of ourselves and to show that, hey, look at them, whoever so-and-so, they're rich and famous and making billions of dollars and they're more of a hot mess than I am. If she can do it, I can do it, you know? And I think we just need to realize that we're just as much as they are. We are enough. I just think that's so important. Yes. You just like the words right in my mouth. It's such an important topic for me because I've gone through it before and like I'm going through it now because I recently started a marketing agency and like these people were like, yeah, we want to work with you. And I'm like, why though? Why would you want to work with me? Like, obviously there are so many other people who like, you know, like I know they know that have so much more experience than I do. And I'm like, why would you want to work with me for it? You know, and it's like, wait, it's like actually they thought that I was capable to do so. And that's why they're working with me. And I was like, yes, maybe I'll screw up sometimes because that's just who I am and I'm human and I'm starting out. But at the end of the day, it's like the work that I deliver, they find good and well. And if they don't, then they'll tell me and that's what it is going to be, you know, and I'll have to take the feedback as I get it. And it's like, that's really what it is. It's like, there's just such a fear always I keep coming back to like the school thing, but it's so true, especially because like a lot of my listeners are in school right now. And I think the biggest thing about school, you feel obligated to reach a certain grade. Obviously, there's like a passing grade and there's like, oh my God, you got an A, I can't believe it. People feel so obligated to get straight A's and like there's so many YouTube videos like I got straight A's in high school. Here's how you can too. It's got millions and millions of views. But at the end of the day, it's like, If you study and you try your best, 
that's all that really matters. You cannot sacrifice like your mental health just for getting an A on a test. I really don't understand that. I really don't get it because it's like you need to take care of yourself, but also do well. And if you are sacrificing one for the other, it just doesn't work. (laughs) I agree. I always laugh too, because you all graduate with the same degree. Literally. Whether whether you got the B minus on that test or an A plus, guess what? The degree on your wall looks the same as the one on mine. So is it worth it? Is that extra points on your GPA that honestly doesn't matter 10 years after you graduate? It might look good on paper, but it doesn't change who you are as a person. And, Mm -hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. You have to be able to take care of yourself because it matters in the long run too. That's great that you crammed all through college and you worked your ass off and that kind of stuff too. But at what sacrifice? What life-changing moments could you have missed out if you didn't strive for the A+. Sometimes the B plus is even better and even sweeter. Yeah. And if you feel better about that because you actually slept for seven hours before the test, then that's all that matters. Ugh, it's just, okay, I'm going to like hop off the horse because I can go forever. It frustrates me so much. This has been a really good chat. I'm really, really happy that we decided to hop on together and chat about these few things. I know there are so many good golden nuggets throughout this, but I want to ask you the question that I've asked every guest who has ever been on. Based off of the title of this podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion, what is one tip that you would give dreamers based off of how you have fashioned your passion? My goodness, that's an amazing question. And I'm actually glad you didn't ask me ahead of time because I would have formulated like this perfectly coiffed sentence and it would have been perfect. You know what? My advice to fashion your passion has to be you have to take action to gain the confidence. There's an old Irish proverb and I'm probably going to screw it up. It's basically something like you cannot turn a field by thinking about it in your mind. If there is something that you are passionate about that you want to do, screw what everybody else is thinking, saying, doing, and just start doing it. I don't know how many years I sat around thinking about the things that I wanted to accomplish in life Mm -hmm. and then talked myself out of it because I paid too much attention to what other people were saying. And two, I, I fell into the horrible trap of comparisonitis. I'll never be as good as fill in the blank of whatever guru you follow. So why bother? And I think you have to just put your blinders on. And if it's something you really want to go after, freaking do it. That was so good. What a way to end an episode. <laughs> Where can people find you for more of your goodness? You can find me at slightlyunfiltered.com, which is also the name of my podcast. And I'm on social media under all the same things. Instagram is where I hang out the most. I do random lives opening my groceries because I don't care what anybody else thinks. So I'm everywhere under Slightly Unfiltered. And all of her links will be in the show notes down below. Again, do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story and tag me at Fashion Your Passion podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. 
be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.